Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never, ever about food or weight. Never, ever. Not even. One time. Not ever, ever, ever. Hello, everyone. This is Laura Lee Rourke from It's Not About Food podcast. And today we're talking about inhabit. And the body love card has the goddess sort of wiggling her hips to a drum and to music. And so is the little deer. (laughs) So... It's sort of like they are really inhabiting their bodies, which I just love about that. And in the back, it says, inhabit means to live in our bodies, not in our heads. When we learn to be present in our bodies, to move out of the obsessive thinking and into our feelings, we can learn to identify and meet our physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. First, We must be aware that we are in the obsession, in the thinking, in the head. Then we can use our breath to bring our awareness into our body and explore what we are experiencing in our bodies. So isn't that the way that it is? I know that from my own recovery to live in my body meant that I had to identify when I wasn't. when I was living in my head or in my thoughts. And I would forget. I would just believe my thoughts so much. (laughs) But when I could go into what my body felt like, what my emotional self or my spiritual self felt, I would really hear exactly what was going on. I tell my own clients, get out of the head and into the body. Get out of the head into the breath. Get out of the head into the self. And when we can do that, it's really going to go a lot easier. So I love this card, Inhabit, and I love the idea of living in the body, living in ourselves. And I have to say that I wasn't taught that very much when I was little to do that. I was taught to do what other people told me to do, but certainly not to ask myself. And I was happy that I learned that lesson at some point. It went a lot easier once I did. So I'm so happy to have my next guest, Constance, to be here. And she definitely has that inhabit thing down, (laughs) inhabit her body and the different things that she uses in order to get there, which is fabulous as well. So I'll bring her on and introduce her and she can tell us what that means for her to inhabit herself. Hi, I'm so happy to be here again. Me too. I'm Constance Hart, and I created a modality called Conscious Colors, and it's really about light support for life support, Mm. a life support system through the energies and vibrations of color, which remind us that we are more than just the body. 
But actually, what's interesting for me at this particular phase in my spiritual evolution is I'm kind of like in this wonderfully exciting place of, yeah, for the last 32 years, all these practices and modalities have been about really coming to know that we are more than just the physical body, we're energy, we're light. And now I'm like, yeah, and And. we're human. (laughs) And I've been, you know, smacked with a whole ton of human life stuff all in succession for really the last eight years. It just seems, okay, what's it going to be this? Oh, this person's dying. This person's changing. I'm changing. There's this to focus on. And So it's kind of actually really exciting to be more in this place. Let me just say, I'm not at all suggesting I'm done on any part of my spiritual path, but I'm just saying what I'm about to say is like, I've learned so much about accessing the bigger other realm of beyond the body that now the focus, it's kind of flipped into, okay. I am human. This is a human body. And we're not perfect in society's view of perfection. We're perfect in our imperfections. And it's just really exciting to kind of say, let's not focus so much now on focusing on the fact that we're spirit in human form. Let's focus on how we can have more acceptance and allowance and love and compassion and flow with this human form, however it is. Wow. That is the journey, isn't it? Of the ages. And in some ways it just, it's like, feels so basic. It's like that, you know, Hitcher, I could have had a V8 for those (laughs) who are old enough to know that commercial, Hitcher head. Oh yeah. Like, hello. I could have had a V8. (laughs) Right. Which is cool that we remember that we could have had a V8 instead of a whatever else that we had, that we could have had something that was really good for us, I guess, is how that was presented to us. We don't always have to hit our head with a brick. We can put the brick down. (laughs) And, okay, so that's a good intro into something I wanted to share, that my phrase of what I've been up to for however many years, but lately really in this new refreshing way of this, I'm calling it personal truth-telling. Wow. I'm in a a truth-telling session with myself as far as this inhabiting. Like, this is my body. I'm the daughter of Armenian and Czechoslovakian people. They're not six foot one. (laughs) They're not tall people with tall, skinny legs. They're muscular people that walked around in the field, you know, whatever the ancestry is. We have calves. We have buttocks. (laughs) You know, we have, we're muscular people. And where I got all my disordered eating and eating disordered lifestyle from was from my years as a dancer in the mirror, 10 to 12 hours a day, staring at this body, changing it, morphing it, making it do special things, making it look, you know, a certain way, creating the lines that look a certain way. 
and disordered body image coming in. You know, you're staring at this body for 10, 12 hours a day. You think you're really knowing this vehicle. And so let me just circle back to go forward to my personal truth telling is it's just so freeing to say, after all these years, I just turned 57. After all these years, like you're not going to not ever have calf muscle. You're not (laughs) ever going to have a meaty calf. That's who you are. So it's like this personal truth telling kind of like the bonk on the head. Hello, you've got meaty calves. Now what? Are you going to love these calves? Are you going to go year after year, decade after decade? Oh, I don't like these. I wish they were like hers on and on. So I'm just, you know, knock on wood. I feel like I'm in that free zone. Like, yeah, I finally, this is like the final frontier. Like I got it. And it sounds so basic, right? It's like, but this is that inhabiting. Like this is inhabiting for me. I'm inhabiting this body that I was given with from these people, from these countries, with these beautiful backgrounds. They weren't lazy people. They're climbing mountains. And here I am. What do I love to do? I like to hike. I could take the flat road in my town to get to my favorite park. But what do I do? I take every street with the hills. Hey, I got a great butt. When are we going to love this? Oh, I love that so much. When we're little kids, right, we kind of are okay with what our bodies can do because we're not looking at them. We're not being judgmental of what they look like while they're doing it. That has to be taught to us later that all of a sudden those calves that helped you run up the hill are not okay or those hips or those thighs. And I think about loving your body no matter what, what your society tells about your body There's nothing better for us than to do that. Love ourselves, body, mind, and spirit. And isn't this interesting? You know, I look like this set of people, and they're never going to look like this other set of people, (laughs) you know. And they never thought they should when they were coming up because it wasn't done then, but they were okay with how they came here. So I totally understand. One of my grandmothers was very small. She looked like a little Thumbelina. She was very small. And the other one was really tall. And you know, the two grandmothers wanted the other's body. (laughs) And I can remember going, that's so funny because this one looks pretty great. And that's pretty fun to be like she looks. And This one, it looks like this, and I'm okay with it. So the kids, the grandkids, were okay. But the two grandmas always said, you know, I wish I had your fill-in-the-blank, whatever it was. So it was already starting. I was born in the 50s in that era. But they weren't okay. I had the great privilege of seeing my best friend's new little baby grandniece recently and you know seven eight months in and her parents it just was such an interesting moment of they're lifting the baby up and we're all just ooing and eyeing on this new creature and we were all in this like collective enjoyment 
of the baby fat of the little legs. Oh, I know. And it, I love her parents though, because I can see like her whole childhood right there because they were just loving on it so much. Oh, this little, this <laughs> little knee, this yeah. little calf, this little thigh. But actually, you know, they were plump with the delicious baby fat. But the way that baby, I could see in her eye, she was just receiving that appreciation. And, you know, that just that unconditional love for that body. And we were all a part of it. It was a big group. And we were all like, oh, that's just the best time. And I was just like, yeah, let's all soak this in. You know, let's really soak this in for ourselves at whatever ages we are and just see how free that little baby is without all this other programming. I know what happens when that starts to go. It's, you know, it's heartbreaking as a girl or a boy in the society that we live in when you get the idea that last year this body was okay and why isn't it now? What happened? I didn't really change that much. You know, I just grew up or grew out or grew whatever. And why am all of a sudden nobody's ooing and aahing about my little toes anymore? It's a rude awakening, I think, when that happens in the society that we live in. It is. And part of my, this personal truth-telling practice has been I don't know if if this was in one of your other shows or maybe it was somebody else's show, but I had always said this and I heard it seconded and I just love this is, do you ever judge a sunflower for being full? Every flower in the garden is different and they're all beautiful. And the fact that we even need this as a practice, I know. you know, it's just so, God, I have to keep giving myself this personal truth telling. And that's one that I love because, yeah, no one's saying sunflowers overweight. You better shrink. You better shrink. You're too big. Yeah. You're too bright. You're too big. Your head's too big. Right. (laughs) Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. Storygram Network. I joined Beyond Hunger about three years ago after my own eating disorder recovery. I've been with the Peer Ed program for over a year. I have been a peer educator for a few weeks now. Beyond Hunger is an amazing organization in which high schoolers like me get to go to schools across the Bay Area and educate teens and students on mental health, body image, intuitive eating. I joined because it really helps people. I joined the program because I believe that the information we provide people my age is very important. Beyond Hunger has allowed me to connect with the youth in my community and reaffirm to myself what I know is true. It has given me an opportunity to educate others and inform others around my age. Um, And I just think it's a really wonderful program. Because I want to teach other teens what I never learned. Appreciating your body through its ups and downs, navigating diet culture, and learning about 
intuitive emotions and hunger. And I felt that it was super important to continue to make change in the community. My name is Laura Lee Rourke, and I am one of the founders of Beyond Hunger. My business partner, Carol Normandy, and I founded it in 1988. But for the last 25 years, we've been going into schools and talking about the issue of eating disorders and body hatred. We um, train young women to go in with us, peer to peer, student to student, and it is a wonderful program. Please give generously, thank you. That's a big face you have. Yeah, no, we're like, get more, more, more. Let it get bigger as we can. But you know, nobody is selling the sunflower some deodorant or a new blush or a new way to fix its little petals, you know? So it gets to just be itself. And I think that's the part we have to take back. Wait, I can do whatever I want to do, but I'm okay just the way I am. And for your younger listeners, now's the time. Start now because I told you that I had a women's gathering last night for the new moon and Pretty much my friend's circle was in the range of age 55 to 75. And I was just so delighted as we had our circle and our spiritual practice. And then we had a potluck and we're all sitting around these luscious dishes that were brought in and we're all sitting around the table. And I facilitated the circle. So it was more work for me and plus inviting them into my home. And so I was just kind of like, actually literally sitting on another chair outside the dining room table where they were circled around it. And it was perfect because I ended up just on this high chair. (laughs) (laughs) I was on a high chair. But I was sitting back and just observing these gals and watching everyone eat and watching everyone enjoy the food and kind of circling back to 20 years prior where the conversation about the food, this really struck me. We would just be having more conversations about our bodies and how the food is affecting the body. You know, this is going to affect my figure or I'm going to have to work out more tomorrow. I'm so bad to be doing this or whatever. Yes. Or this is sugar, sugar, bad, carbs, bad, bad, good, bad, good. I was just sitting and watching everyone. Oh, you brought this was the big one for me. You brought chocolate truffles? Ooh, what's in there? One gal made like these sweet potato, almond butter, maca brownies, which were absolutely delicious, like all these clean ingredients. And then this other one brought this beautiful tray of these. <laughs> I mean, they were literally the best truffles I've ever tasted. The inside is this what our listeners are expecting today? <laughs> We're going to talk about brownies for the it's next okay. half hour. It's all right. <laughs> but free the truffle, free the brownie, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. What are these made out of? I don't know. They just taste good. And we were all as a collective in this age group enjoying that sweet and enjoying this food like nothing I've ever experienced. And because I was set back from it and I was on that high chair observing the whole thing and just really knowing that I was going to speak with you today, you know, it's definitely in my field more. And 
what I'm realizing is, yeah, the conversation has shifted in our age group where everyone's like, oh, I love getting older because I'm not thinking about these things as much. And so what I'm saying to the younger listeners is, if you can just take that breath of, okay, truth telling is truth telling time and lightly tap yourself on your head with, your yes. head. okay, wait up, oh, shake myself back to reality. Enjoy this food that's in front of me or enjoy this body that I'm in or wh whatever your baby step into that level of enjoyment is. Cause I just, I feel like, gosh, why do we have to wait until we're, 55 and over to get to this place? Well, I don't know, but I think people in the world that are actually really hungry, really, really hungry, they don't have enough food to eat. And they would not think, oh, I was bad for eating a truffle. They'd be like, can I have them all? <laughs> I need to get some calories in me, you know? Exactly. And it's just a matter of why are we crazy like this and we don't see that there's more than enough for everyone and that none of us have to be thinking we're bad people because we either eat or don't eat or whatever. It's just a matter of where we lived in the world. Anyway, I just think, you know, we have this war going on in Ukraine and there's people I'm sure they're just not getting enough to eat and we should send everything to them all the time. I know. <laughs> What happens in the society that we live in, it doesn't let us, or we get the idea, I should say, that to be present in our own bodies is hard and difficult and troublemaking. But if we just listen and your body just swoons with a sweet potato brownie or it swoons with a truffle or it swoons with a salad, these are all wonderful things. Nothing's good or bad. Yes. They're all created equal. Yeah. And then also in the movement factor, I go through that too, because I like being active and I, I actually just recently rejoined Jazzercise. Oh. It's so <laughs> fun. And I, you know, as a dancer, as a, I can't really say I was, I'm an ex-dancer, but <laughs> as an ex-professional dancer, ah. and now just a dancer for fun, I notice if I go through phases where I'm not dancing as much or in allowing that in my life or having that be part of my life when it is who I am. So joining this jazzercise again, and this is part of that personal truth telling too, and to inhabit, I think, what the body wants, which like everything is constantly changing. What we want to do with our bodies is constantly changing. And I go through that, you know, winter time. And then here it's like, mm, I don't really feel like hiking in the rain, or I don't really feel like dealing with mud puddles as I walk. So I want to move inside. And how do I want to do that? And just letting all that be equal too, you know, with our exercise or fitness or movement level to really get to that place where you can go within and listen. I just feel like walking around the block today. That's it. Or, you know what? I really feel like taking that whole hour class and sweating. Ooh, that feels good. I love that. And that is so true. I was talking to somebody the other day. They said, you know, I hurt my back, so I can't go to the class that I usually go to. And I miss the music and I miss the movement. And I said, well, 
can you put a CD on and just wiggle around in your living room? <laughs> Maybe it's not what you normally do, but I just think just move, just however way you can. Don't hurt yourself, but allow whatever part doesn't hurt to move around. <laughs> we don't have to put on an outfit and go somewhere. It can be, you can do this. Yes. That reminds me of these Olympic trainers. And I remember watching some interview. I'm always bad about remembering who I'm quoting or (laughs) where it came from. But what I can say is watching this Olympic trainer being interviewed. and, And of course, I learned this also through in some of my meditation studies, because I teach meditation, that just rehearsing something in your mind fires the brain and fires your nervous system and fires your body in the way that actual exercise or movement does. Wow. It's really interesting. Yes. And so he he was training runners and he would take them through, okay, we're going to visualize you standing at the starting block and crouch down and they would run through, you know, whatever they were doing, their 200 yard dash, or I'm sure I'm misquoting this a zillion times over, but the, the point that <laughs> I'm getting it. is that there have been studies done where electrodes have been popped on the skull and there was no difference between that person doing the actual run and Just thinking it through that they did the actual run. So we can do that when we're injured. We can lay in bed and just play with our wonderful world of imagination and imagine we're doing that movement even when we're feeling like this. I love that. And I think about how often we have reasons why we can't do something or won't do something or we're injured or we think we're too fat or we think it's too cold or too hot or too whatever. And there's a great line in one of Annie Lamont's books of that she hated her thighs her whole life until she thought of them as precious. So she kind of thought about them as her aunts. So she'd say, I'm taking my aunts to the beach. Uh You know, I'm taking my aunts out to lunch. I'm taking my... And I just remember this is an A U N T S. Yeah, she. Yes. These are my my weird aunts. They're bigger <laughs> than everybody else's, and they wear black. You know, but I love them, and they're my father's sisters, and I love them, and so I'm taking them wherever I go. I love that. <laughs> That's a good one. Mm-hmm. So tell me, how do you work with clients, getting them to inhabit? their bodies come out of their heads. And I know a lot of your stuff is light and smell and you're using a lot of senses. It just seems to me that's like a way to get the person to come inside. Yes, working with clients. The color aromas I've created, I really highly suggest for all the listeners, it doesn't have to be my line. The key thing about using aromatherapy is and tapping into our sense of smell is that our sense of smell is our most powerful sense. And a lot of people think that our sense of sight is our most powerful sense where we create the strongest impressions in the mind, but actually our olfactory system, our sense of smell, 
is really what's responsible for creating long lasting memories. And so in my conscious colors modality, the therapy that we use with the color aroma is that each of the aromas is giving you an, a very deep impression of that color that you know that you see. And the minute you inhale the color aroma, you're transported multisensorily into, oh, yes, I'm with the pink ray of self-love right now. And so the way I help clients, and many of my clients are practitioners and therapists that are learning this to first and foremost for themselves, for their own healing, and then also to transfer and help their clients and students. And so we give impressions. If there's a challenge in the body, it could be digestion. You're not happy with your digestion. You're having a digestive issue or you're having an issue with an organ. My liver this, my stomach that, my throat this, and I'm not making light of it. Maybe I am making light of it in a good way, but these challenges that we go through with our human body will apply the oil on the skin in that general vicinity, that area, and really use the mind as the crafty piece of work that it that is, it is. <laughs> to reprogram ourselves positively. It's not like we're just applying it. Okay, my liver is healed. You know, we're not saying things that are counter to our experience. And also we're not using a negative phrase or something that builds the muscle of heal my liver dysfunction. We're not going to use the word dysfunction in that affirmation, but we'll start with phrases that are soothing and moving toward that positive outcome, that change that we're seeking. So loving and kind and compassionate. Yeah. Yes. Self-love and compassion. And a lot of the words that part of my training course with, through Conscious Colors will use phrases instead of the I am affirmations, which are really the end all be all, which you're moving toward, but the baby steps will use I'm willing, or I'm opening to a healing here. I'm opening to a healing. And then inhaling that, for instance, the pink color aroma, applying that pink color aroma on that area of the body. And then what's magical, seems like magic, but it's just simply the way our olfactory system works, accessing the limbic part of our brain, the brain that intuits and senses and feels and knows from a much deeper place than the analytical mind of judgment and analyzation is that if you're utilizing that on a daily basis, then when you're out and about in your day, if you happen to glance a little pink, someone's wearing a pink top, or you see a pink cover of a book when you're at the bookstore, your mind is actually going to give you that same feeling tone of I'm opening to a healing here. Whatever your affirmation is, you're in the memory of that feeling of when you first took that in and when you continue to take it in every day. It's like the muscle is fully formed. And then that kind of feels like the magic part is there's always an aha moment for my clients and my students where, oh, okay, I'm done with that affirmation. I actually 
am inhabiting that feeling tone. So now what? Give me another one. (laughs) What's the next? Yeah, that's so beautiful. It's such a kind and gentle way to be working with ourselves in this color and smell and, I don't know, positive loving words to ourselves. You know, you can't go wrong with that. It's fabulous. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I have to agree. And (laughs) colors are really emotions that we can see. So, you know, that's part of our recovery process is really finding more compassion around our emotions and our changing emotions. Yeah. I so agree. it's kind of nice to have in your back pocket a bunch of color allies that <laughs> yeah. mirror those emotions. And then you can have a different experience with your emotional ups and downs, of which all of us humans have. Of course. So tell me how somebody could get a hold of you if they want to work with this and get more information about it. Yeah, you could visit me online at ConsciousColors.com, which does always require knowing how to spell conscious. (laughs) Sorry. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) Or you could just Google Color Therapy Constance Hart, and my phone number is 805-305-0046, or you could email hello at ConsciousColors.com, or you could email colors at ConsciousColors.com. There's lots of ways. <laughs> okay. I'm wondering if you would read that last part of the card, the Today I Will Practice. Today, I will practice checking in with myself throughout the day and notice what my thoughts are. I will then bring my awareness to my breathing, take a few deep breaths, And notice where I'm holding tension in my body. I will ask myself, what am I feeling in my body? I will allow myself to come home and practice being present in my body. Oh, yeah. I love that. And it sounds to me very similar to your work of calling yourself home by using your senses in order to do that. Yes, I love this card too. And I love the image (laughs) because they're dancing. Wiggly, yeah. Wiggling or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Well, thank you so very much. And I appreciate you being on today. And please take care and eat as many truffles as you can. Oh, we'll do. I'll eat a few for you. Okay. Thanks for having me here. Thank you. Really appreciate the work that you do. Thank you. And me as well. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it'snotaboutfood.com. Thanks.